In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgave our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, a very good evening to everyone. How are we? Good. Excellent. We thank the Lord Jesus, first and foremost, for always giving us the opportunity to be in His holy house and in this beautiful church of St. Shimon Bar Sabai and the Holy Mother Mary. Tonight's topic, it's from the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 30, verses 24 to 28. The book of Proverbs Chapter 30, verses 24 to 28. Now, the book of Proverbs is a book referred to um, uh, King Solomon being the author uh, of this book. King Solomon wrote three books, or three books are referred under his name. Uh, Then that is book of um, Proverbs is one of them. The other one is book of Ecclesiastes, or the book of Repentance. And there is the Song of Solomon, or the Song of Songs. These three books are referred to be of King Solomon's, and King Solomon happened to be the son of King David, the writer of the majority of the Psalms. Now, these are all chapters in the, of the Old Testament. Now, let's have a look. Proverbs 30, 24 to 28. Here we go. There are four things which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. Number one, the ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. Two, the rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags, in a rocky areas, in our surfaces, in rocks. Number three, the locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. Number four, the spider skillfully grasps with its hands, and it is in king's palaces. Book of Proverbs teaches you wisdom. To sum it up, it's a book of wisdom, and this wisdom, uh, or teaching this wisdom, is for you to implement while you are on earth. So you are learning how to be wise on earth. Probably you've heard me say this before, some of you, but I'll say it again. There are five books in the Old Testament, they are referred to as the poetic books. They are referred to as poetic books. One, book of Job. You know Job, the one who went through a lot of trials. The three friends came to him and they gave him a hard time. He went through a lot of, lot of obstacles in his life. Book of Job is one of the poetic books. Book of Psalms, King David, is another one. And then the other three are of King uh, Solomon. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs, or Song of Solomon. Job, um, Book of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. These five books are referred to be the poetic books. Each one teaches you one thing. It begins with Job. What is the book of Job? perseverance in difficult times. When you read, if you want to learn how to persevere in difficult times, how to persevere while you're going through some dark tunnels in your life, 
read the book of Job, it will teach you on how to persevere with obstacles and challenges coming your way. Book of Psalms teaches you on how to praise, thanking God at all times, all the times. At every time, all the time, how to thank God. Being a thankful person always. Read the book of Psalms. It will teach you to be a thankful person in all occasions to, all, to the Almighty God. Proverbs teaches you on how to be wise on earth. Ecclesiastes teaches you on how to be a repentant soul all your life on earth. Throughout the journey of your life on earth, how to live a life of repentance. Repentance is not just one moment, one hour, one occasion. It is every single moment of your life. You need to be a repentant soul before the Almighty God. And then Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, it teaches you on how to enter a relationship built and based on divine love. Now, put the five books together. When any one of us perseveres and endures obstacles, challenges, and hardships in their life, and while you are persevering throughout, through all these difficult times, that perseverance, it will teach you and elevate you on how to be a thankful person, song, the book of Psalms. It will take you to the next step. So, a perseverant soul is a thankful soul. And when you begin to thank God, always... It will bring you into wisdom, Proverbs. Because the more you thank God for whatever is happening in your life, the more God will engulf you with his own wisdom, and he will enrich you and fill you with his wisdom. And when you become a wise person, wisdom will teach you on how to be a repentant soul, Ecclesiastes. And when you are a repentant soul, the final stage, repentance will bring you into the relationship of divine love, Song of Solomon. Now let's come to this Proverbs, wisdom. King Solomon is teaching us that there are four insects that we need to learn from. And as you see in verse 24, he says, there are four things which are little. I'm going to stop at the word little. Now, and I'm going to ask two questions in regard to these five verses. If I want to ask a question about these five verses, I'll put these five verses in two questions. Who is the little one? That's the first question. And the second question, how can I be little? Who is the little one? And the next question, how can I be that little one? Well, King Solomon says, who is that little? How, do you, how can you be that little one? Look at these four insects that I'm mentioning here. They will teach you how to be the little one. But let's come first and see who is the little one. The little means the small one. To the Almighty God, to the Lord God, there are two Adams. There is the former Adam and there is the latter Adam. The former Adam 
was the one who was created by the Lord God and placed in the Garden of Eden. That former Adam is the great one. And the latter Adam, St. Paul refers to as Jesus Christ. And the latter Adam is Jesus Christ. And the latter Adam who is Jesus Christ is the little one. So Adam, the former Adam is the great one. And the latter Adam being Jesus Christ is the little one. To the Lord God, there are two Adams. The former, the great, and the latter, Jesus, the little. And God says, I chose the little and I rejected the great. When you look at the book of Genesis, which consists of 50 chapters, throughout the book of Genesis of 50 chapters, you will see from the very beginning of the chapter till the end, the Lord God is choosing the little one, rejecting the great one. Let's come to Adam and Eve. They had two sons. The greater one was Cain. The little one was Abel. The Lord God accepted the offering of Abel, rejected the offering of Cain. Now we come to our um, father Abraham. Our father Abraham had the greater son Ishmael, where the Islamic world came from. Ishmael was the greater, but the little one was Isaac, where Jesus Christ came from. The genealogy of Christ is from the family tree of Isaac and Abraham. He, God chose Isaac, the little one rejected Ishmael, the great. When we come to Isaac, he had two sons, the great Esau, the little Jacob. And the Holy Bible says, And I, from the, from the mother's womb, I chose Jacob and I rejected Esau. He chose the little one. You come to the house of Yesse, the father of King David. They were eight brothers, and the youngest one of all was David. He rejected all the brothers, and God chose the little one, David. You come to Manasseh, the great, Ephraim, the little. The Lord God chooses the little. Now the question comes in, if God chose the little one and rejected the great one, then that's not fair. Is God discriminating here? Now, if God is choosing the little one and he's not choosing me, the great one, then it's not my fault if I'm lost, if I die and I go to hell. It's all God's fault because he didn't choose me. But that's not the case. You see, to God, there are two Adams only, the great and the little. The great one, he broke God's word and he allowed for sin to enter to the human nature and through sin came death and everyone in Adam died. The latter Adam fulfilled every word of God to the fullest or to the fullness of it. Jesus Christ, the little one. The former Adam, the first one, the great one, he was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And all of us who were an Adam, we got kicked out with Adam. And we were all born outside the Garden of Eden. The latter Adam, he brought back everyone who was kicked out of the Garden, brought us back into the true Garden, Paradise. And Jesus, while on the cross, 
he said to the one who was crucified to his right, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. I brought you back. The former Adam was created, not born. The latter Adam was born, not created. Because the latter Adam is the creator himself. He cannot be created because he is the one who creates everything. He can only be born, not created. And that's why in the book of Isaiah, the Holy Bible is extremely precise. Because the author of the Bible is the true divine God and God never makes mistakes. In the book of Isaiah, so precisely says this. A boy was born unto us, but a son was given unto us. A boy was born unto us, but a son was given. Because the boy is the son of Mary, son of the carpenter. He came from the nature of the former Adam. This boy can be born, but the son is the son of God who is God. And God was given because God cannot be born. He is the creator of everything. At the river Jordan, when the Lord Jesus was at the age of 30, he goes to the river Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. The heaven opens and the voice from heaven, God the Father saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, to him you should listen. So the only human that the Lord God is pleased with, is completely dwelling in, is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God says to all of us, and to the entire human race, he who chooses Jesus Christ, I have chosen them. Because I only have one son, and I only chose one son, and I'm only pleased in one son. All the other children broke my word except Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In this, I am well pleased. Whoever chooses my son, I have chosen them. Because I only choose Jesus. And whoever chooses Jesus is already being chosen by me. Who is the little one? Jesus Christ. And who is God pleased with? Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only. The question is, do you want to be great? Do you want to be in control? Do you want to be a show-off? Do you want to say, I'll do whatever I want, however I want, whenever I want, with whom I want? You are choosing the former Adam. God will reject you. Because in the former Adam, everything that was done, was done against the Almighty God. God is very fair. God wants you to live, not to die. And God says, if you want to live, then I have to be you. The I am is God, and this I am has to be you. The moment you choose to live your way, you are rejecting God. And since God is the source of life, when you reject God, you are rejecting life. And the only way for you to end up with is death. Where there is no life, there is death. 
where there is no light, there is darkness. Where there is no existence, you're absolutely nothing. He says it's either Jesus Christ or nothing. This is God saying. This is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, because he is God. Is that what they say in court? <laughs> they should say, so help you, Jesus Christ, between brackets, God. Now, King Solomon is saying, if you're asking now, since you know who is the little one, then how can I be the little one? King Solomon says, look at these four insects, they will lead you and they will teach you on how to be a little one. Imitate Jesus Christ by learning from these four insects. Guys, not only God filled this globe that we live in, not going outside of this to the outer atmosphere, which is the universe, but in this globe that we live in, our home, Mother Earth. God did not just only fill it up with all the beauty that He's done, with all the colors and the different you know, things that he, he put in it. There is the sea, there is the land, there is the trees, there is the bird, there is the fish, there is the flowers, there is the fields, there is the mountains. He filled it up with beauty. And He did it all for you, because you are the crown of creation. You are His Son, the King ruling of this world. But also he filled it for another reason, so that he would teach his children through the creations. And when the Lord Jesus came, he referred to that. He said, look at the bird of the sky. The bird of the sky does not plant, does not harvest, does not collect in barns, but your heavenly Father always feeds the bird, yet they work and labor not. How much more is he going to feed you, oh, you of little faith? Aren't you more than the birds? You are my child, you're my son. You are the only creation out of all the creations that I've done. You are the only one who represents me. I created you in my image according to my likeness. That only applies to the human race. No other creations. And I want you to live with me forever. And the only way for you to live with me forever, you need to be another Jesus on earth. Be little. So now, who is the little one? Jesus Christ. How can I be the little one? This is our topic. There are four things which are little on earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The first one, the ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. The first lesson, ants. Wow. Now that's wisdom. What do you learn from these little ants? My beloved, what is King Solomon talking about? He says, ants are a nation, are people, they're not strong. But they prepare their food in the summer. When winter comes... Ants, they go into their homes and stay there throughout winter. They are imprisoned in their homes because they cannot go out in winter. If they go out, they will die. So throughout the cold season, ants are imprisoned. The moment summer comes, 
and come out of their prison and have fun. No, they don't. What do they do when they come out of prison? They go searching for food. Let me say, imagine if I was that ant, as a human being now I'm talking. Imagine I've been imprisoned all this long time. My parents have grounded me. Listen, son. Listen, daughter. You're not leaving home because you're being naughty. You're not going out. You are going to stay here. You're going to eat here. You're going to drink here. You're going to sleep here. And you're going to do correspondence, your education from here. Through correspondence. And then after one year, mom and dad release you from that bondage. They release you from that prison and you come out of that cage and you breathe for the first time in a long time. What are you going to do after you come out of that prison? Downtown, here we come, bro. <laughs> Clubbing, baby. Where is that sniffing powder? I've been shaken for the last 12 months. <laughs> you know what? Mom and dad, you're not going to see me for another year. I want to recompensate for all the lost times that I've had in this cage of yours. I'm going not to be seen ever again. I'm going to go and drink tequila, baby. I'm going to go and put the sabufa khabibi in the backseat and go wa'a wa'a duv duv. I'm going to drive in front of the police officer with the radar in his hand. In a 60 zone and I'll be doing 160 because I was imprisoned. I want to feel free. What are you going to do? You're going to go wild and you're going to do everything wild under the sun. True or not? But look at the ants. So wise. So little but so wise. It says when the ant comes out of prison, instead of going clubbing and downtown and, wa wa and drinking tequila, the ants go in summer and search for food collect food why because the ant says when i am giving the opportunity to be strong when i'm given the opportunity to be healthy when i'm given the opportunity to be free i'm gonna use it wisely for my future not for now i'm gonna collect food because winter is coming again, I'll be ready when it comes. The ants think of the future, that's why they survive. Do we think of the future? Or all that matters is how I live now, and I don't give one penny about tomorrow. When you think this way, where are you going to end up? Even center link you're not going to get. <laughs> you cannot, as a Christian, as a human being, you cannot say, I'm just living today, I don't care about tomorrow. So often we hear it from young men and women, these words, I don't care. What are you doing? Nothing. Come here. No. You better be responsible. I don't care. It can't be, I don't care. You better care. Because if you don't care,
the only person you're going to hurt is you. Is you. Because your future is not a joke. Your future is a precious pearl being granted to you freely by God. Don't throw away this precious pearl for a moment of enjoyment in the pig's field. The world is a pig's field. The world is nothing but filth and dirt. What kind of an enjoyment are you looking for? Act, be like an ant. And the ant becomes strong, healthy, powerful in summer. Summer is the hot season. Now, spiritually speaking, what is hot? The Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit descended on those 120 people that were sitting in the upper room, how did the Holy Spirit descend on them? Like tongues of fire. Fire is heat, hot. So, spiritually speaking now as a Christian, I am strong when I'm filled by the Holy Spirit. Summer. Get filled by the Holy Spirit. And the only way to be filled by the Holy Spirit, you better be little. Little means humble yourself. Go down, be down to earth. Humility. The more you humble yourself, the more God will fill you with His Holy Spirit, which is the source of wisdom. And wisdom will teach you how to live and remain living as little. Little means I don't live for myself anymore. I live for the one I love. If you love God, then you need to live for Him. When people come and get united in a matrimonial bond, they are no longer living for themselves. They are living for the one they love. This is the way unity comes. When I live for myself, it's a selfish love that is no love at all. It's a one-way street. But when you live for the one that you genuinely love, then this is true divine love. When the two live for each other, the third person who is uniting them is God. And when God is the rock of my salvation, no one can shake me and no one can break me. I beg you as young men and women, we're living at a time and age where freedom has been abused, where freedom has been misinterpreted, where freedom has been twisted. And a dosage of poison being given to me under the banner of freedom. The question is, is there anyone free? No. So what do, you, what, what do they mean when they say you are free? It's a very obscure, ambiguous, it's, it's, it's not clear. You need to clarify what you mean by being free. The only time you're free when you abide by the law. There can be on the side of the road a hundred police cars with radars on. And, it, and the sign says 60 k's an hour. And there's 100 police cars on the side of the road. If you're doing 59, you don't care about the 100 cars. But if you're doing 80, man, even if the police officer is sitting on the back of a camel, you'll be worried and you'll be sweating it. 
Because you broke the law. But when you abide by the law, you're free. So the only time you're free when you abide by the law of God. I wish I had the time. I don't have the time. There are three kinds of cultures. Three kinds of cultures, no more, no less. And these cultures, the names of these cultures are all in Greek. There is what they call the theonomous culture. There is the hedronymous culture. And there is the autonomous culture. Theos in Greek means God. Nomos means law. There is a culture that is driven by God's law. Or lives according to God's law. There is a culture that is dri driven and lives by the hedros nomos culture. Hedros means another. Nomos call is law. Another law. If God is absent, then it is someone else's law that is controlling me. And there is the autonomous, autos, self, nomos, law, self-law culture. I believe the 21st century is very well known to be an autonomous culture. It is my law, it is my way, or you hit the highway, brother. Who cares about God? Who cares about my parents? Who cares about the leaders? I don't give one penny. It what, it's whatever in my head. This is what I'm going to do. It's a free country. It's my way or there is no other way. What's happening? Look around you. Generation destroying itself by itself. When you are healthy, when you are strong, when you are young, save up for the future. Because winter is coming. And winter is kind of miserable, cold. The day is very short. It rains, clouds, thunder. It's ugly, it's shivering. And people die when it's cold, freezing weather. When you are still young, and you're still kicking, say, I choose to go to church. I'm not going to the club anymore. I, too, I choose to praise God. I'm not going to swear anymore. I choose to drink the blood of the Lamb of God, the true vine, uh, vine tree. I'm not drinking the worldly wine that makes me go haywire. I choose to read the Holy Bible. I don't want to choose to read any other books. I choose to choose Jesus as my friend. I don't want friends that would take me to dark places. While you're still strong and have the chance, while it's still summer, while it's still hot, while you still have the Holy Spirit in you, which you've received through the Holy Baptism, one of the seven sacraments of the church, while you are in the moment of grace, come back to the Lord and say, Lord, Use me as you please. Let me be the vessel to glorify you, Lord. I don't want to imitate no one but you, Jesus. I want to be that little one the way you were on earth. Make me that little one. Lord, every opportunity you give me, I'm going to save up for the future. And what is the future? Your kingdom. I want to be where you are at the end. When this spirit leaves the body, I want to face my creator. I don't want to face Satan. I don't want to be with that Satan. I don't belong in hell. My God, my heavenly Father created me to be in his palace in the kingdom of God.
where eternal life reigns forever. Be the ant. What is the ant? Working while it's summer, but not having fun while I've got the chance. Working wisely while I've got the chance, saving up for the future. While you've got the chance, save up for your future, so that when that future comes, you end up with Jesus Christ nowhere else. Number two. Verse 26. The rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. Crags means cliffs or rock faces or rock face places. You know, a place where there is rocks. What is a rock badger? A rock badger is an insect extremely tiny. The outer body of this insect, it's exactly like wood. When you, when you squeeze it, it actually breaks like wood when you crush it. Very fragile. It has two antennas sticking from the front. These two antennas each is half a centimeter long. These two antennas are extremely fragile. They can't break nothing. You blow at them, they will break. This little insect with these two little tiny antennas, so fragile, so weak, decides to drill the rock and make the heart of the rock its dwelling place. Are you serious? If I blow at you, you're going to break. And now you want to come and tell me that you're going to drill the rock, which not even the Makita drill can drill that rock. Not even the sledgehammer is going to drill and break that rock. Are you telling me that you with your little tiny antennas, you want to drill the rock? She says, yes. What is that rock badger? They are a feeble. Feeble means good for nothing. So weak, can't do anything. The weakest instrument coming to drill the biggest bulldoze rock. How does it do it? Amazing. How the Lord God has created everything. And yet, scientists so ignorant coming and saying, there is no God. What an ignorant statement. Apparently, this little rock badger uses the antennas, hits the rock. When it hits the rock, it goes, ouch, my nose just being punched. When somebody punches me in the nose, the first thing happens, my eyes become teary, watery. Right? When your nose is extremely cold, your eyes become watery. When your nose hurts, automatically uh, tears come out of your eyes. This little rock badger hits the rock with the antennas. It's like somebody punching you in the nose. It goes, ouch, my nose is hurting. It starts dropping tears. Those tears that come out of its eyes contains a chemical that makes the rock dissolve. Hits it, tears come, hits the rock, dissolves the rock. Goes a little one mil in. Hits the rock, tears come, dissolves the rock, goes another mill in, hits the rock, 
tears come, dissolve the rock, another mill, another mill, another mill, until it goes into the heart of the rock, and then says, now I can rest and sleep safely. Here no one can get to me. How did you drill the rock? With tears. You want to be little? Who is the rock? Christ. St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 10, he says, And the rock that was coming behind the Israelite, and that rock was Christ. Malachi 3.1, And Christ is the rock of salvation of all ages. Christ is the rock of all ages. So who is that rock? Christ. Who is that badger? Rock badger. Moi. Me. I'm feeble. I'm weak. I can't do anything. You want to be little, you come to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I am good for nothing. I am so weak, I can't carry myself. I don't know what to do, but I want to have a portion with you. I want to dwell in the, ha- in the midst of your heart. Christ says, I am the rock, and the only way you can penetrate this rock, i.e. my heart, is when I see your eyes shedding tears of repentance and saying, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Cry for your sins before the Lord. Cry for your sins. In the Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, Jesus Christ is saying to the Christian soul, He resembles the Christian soul as the dove. And out of the birds of the sky, the only one that mourns like a human is the dove, cries like a human being. When it loses its babies, it cries, mourns like a human being, sheds tears. He says to her, turn away from me your eyes, for they have overcome me. I, God, nothing breaks me. Except when I see my son and my daughter crying. The moment I see my children crying, I forget your sins. I forget myself. All I know is I run to you and I grab you and I put you in the core of my heart. Your tears have penetrated this rock, Christ, and you've drilled your home in the midst of my heart. The moment you cry, I forget everything you've done against me. You want to be little? Be that badger. And go to the rock Christ and say, Lord, I'm good for nothing, but I'm coming and shedding tears and saying, Lord, have mercy on me. Sorry, I've sinned against you and against heaven. And while you've got the chance, work for the future. Work for the kingdom of your heavenly dad. Work so that you're, you're, you, are, you are equipped to enter the Holy of Holies. Bad, rock Badger, live a life of repentance. Cry for the every time you broke your heavenly dad's heart. Lord, I am not afraid of you. But my fear is that I don't want to break your heart. 
Every time I've broken your heart, whether willingly or unwillingly, whether deliberately or indirectly, I am crying and I'm saying, sorry, I didn't mean to break your heart. Please forgive me, Dad. Be a badger, rock badger. Repentance. Saving up for the future will make you little. Repenting on your sins will make you humble. Every time you remember what you've done against God, every time you remember your sins, they will only break you. But that breaking is the only way to make you. It's the only way to make you. Number three, the locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. And this King Solomon is something, all right. Out of these little insects is giving us some great wisdom here. See, it's not only from people you learn. You learn from also animals and insects. Yeah, good lesson. He says, the locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. What is he saying here? Unbelievable. These locusts, they don't have a king. What is a king? Leader. Someone who shows them the way. Someone who teaches them how to live, how to walk, how to move, how to navigate. They don't have that leader. They don't have that privilege. Yet without a king ruling over their life, without a king guiding them in their life and leading them in their life, they know how to live. When the locusts go out, they eat the leaves of the tree. They go out in ranks, meaning they go out in order. That's what he's trying to say. They go out in order. What, is it, what does that mean, go out in order? Meaning when the first one is in, in, in this particular line, there is the first one, and in this particular line, there is hundred of them. The last one to the first one, they all go in order, in order to eat. The locust says, every one of us, there is food for. No one is left behind by the Creator. All of us will find food. Therefore, we're not going to fight over the food. I'll go number one. My brother's going to come behind me. He's not going to try to go before me and try to step on me to go before me like people do. (laughs) They all go in order. No one fights because they all know the first one. To the last one, everybody will find food. Why are you fighting? They all go in order. They all go and land on the trees. And they all eat in order. And everybody is living together in love and harmony. Yet they don't have a king. And look at us. We don't have a king. Very true. Because we have the king of all kings. Jesus Christ. And look what we're doing. We're killing each other, fighting with each other, because this is my chair. It's not your chair. How dare you sit here? This is my place. Get out of my place and go and sit at the back. Learn from the locusts. Everybody's got a chair. If they don't have a king, yet they all have food, then how much more those who have the king of all kings? Do you think he did not have a place for you? Ready? Why are we fighting over things? over materialistic things? Why are we being envy and jealous of this and that? 
you, we, we look at around and you say, how come this guy's got this and I don't have it? How come this girl is living in a mansion and I'm, I'm not? How come she's driving Mercedes Benz and I'm driving a tricycle? How come she's dressing up in, in a different you know, outfit all the time and I can't afford not even one shirt? Hello? Be happy. Everybody's got a place. Don't fight with your brother, with your sister. Go out in ranks. Go out in order. And wherever you go, your king of kings has got a place for you and he's got food for you and he's got his treasures which are never ending. Why argue and fight? You know why people are killing each other? Because everybody wants a place for themselves. Great empires... They went and slained millions of people because they want to know and see and make sure everybody sees this, that we are the conquerors. Communism. Stalin, he killed 16 million Russians of his own people, own blood. 16 million. His own mother said, I just wonder where my son is going to end up and all this blood is upon his shoulders 16 million russians and he is a russian or he was great nations destroy smaller nations just to say we're powerful and we are in control but you know what there's a simple saying what goes around, comes around, bro. You're going to be harsh. Someone will come and be harsh to you. You're going to be nice. Someone will come along and be nice to you. How do you want to be treated? And this is what the Lord Jesus said. He said, how do you want people to treat you? You treat them the same. For this is the law and the prophets. Some people, when they read this passage, they misunderstand it or misinterpret it. The Lord is saying, how do you want people to treat you? You treat them the same. Some said, Jesus meant, so if somebody punches me, that's the way they are treating me. I'm going to give them the, the favor back. I'm going to go and give them a punch. Jesus is not saying that at all. How do you want people to treat you? You treat them the same. Is there anyone of us here that wants to be told off, that wants to be ridiculed, that wants to be made fun of, that wants to be wiped with the ground? Does anyone here loves it when you are being disrespectful, rejected, kicked, punched, and made fun of? No, I don't think so. Everyone wants to be respected. Now, Jesus is saying, you want to be respected, you better start respecting people. You want to be loved, you better start loving people. Because what goes around comes around. It is what you plant, you will harvest in the end. If you've planted love, you're going to harvest love. But guess what, my dear friend? If you've planted hatred, all you're going to get at the end is hatred. And the only one you're going to blame is yourself. We have the king of kings and we're fighting over positions. Locusts, an insect, no king, and they don't fight over positions. Because they all know everybody has got their own position. 
No one is going to take no one else's position. Did you know your DNA is made out of 3.1 billion bits of information? 3.1 billion bits of information. There is no one's fingerprint identical to the next. There's about 7 billion people living in the globe as we speak, approximately. No one out of the 7 billion that are living currently, no one's fingerprint is identical to the other. Everyone has their own unique <coughs> fingerprint. And even those, our grandmothers, who came from the Middle East, don't know how to read or write, you know, absolutely illiterate. When they come to sign, all they do is no signature. So they sign with their thumb. Because that thumb is unique. This is the way God created you. To tell every one of you, my son, my daughter, don't fight because no one can take your place. I made sure that no one takes your place. That's why I gave you your unique identity and that is yours. No one will ever take it away from you. Even Jesus Christ is faithful. Faithful means his word is one. It will never be changed. Even though it's going to be so painful for the Lord in the end in his kingdom. Walking and checking on all the palaces there. And seeing some vacancies there. You know why there'll be some vacant there? Because that palace was for someone of his children. But that child chose not to be with his heavenly dad. He went to hell. That palace will remain empty forever. Jesus will never give it to no one else. You are unique. Don't fight. Be you. Live as you. Don't imitate, don't put a mask on, don't act, don't fake it. Be who you are the way God created you. And come to Him as you, not a fake one. Come to Him as you. One day the Lord Jesus was preaching in the wilderness. And He got carried away. I thought, I speak for too long. Man... Compared to Jesus Christ, I'm nothing. Thank you, Lord. I look good now, brother. <laughs> he spoke for three days on. And you guys went and complained, Marmari, you spoke for two hours. Oh, Jesus spoke for three days. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble now. Just kidding. Not. <laughs> the Lord spoke for three days. After three days, these guys were hungry. They didn't eat nothing. They didn't drink nothing. It was the desert, wilderness. Then the Lord looked and he says, oh, I've been talking for three days, man. That was good. That was cool, brother. But these guys are starving. So out of his love as a divine daddy, he turned to the disciples, the 12 apostles. He wanted to give them the opportunity to do a miracle. He said, guys, you feed all this multitude. And then Mr. Philip, with his projector eyes, the seer, always he used his eyes. He sort of scoped the whole situation. And then he turned to the Lord and all of them. I said, in Assyrian would have been, <laughs> 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 That 
They said, Jesus, are you serious? Can't you see it's desert? There are 5,000 men, not including women and children. So 5,000 men, you add up the women and the children, you're looking at about 20, 25,000 people. Average. 25,000 people in a place where there is nothing. And he says, feed them. I said, Jesus, okay, don't let us change our mind about you, you know what I mean? All right, that's cool, Jesus, but yeah, 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 yeah. all right, all right. Jesus, how are we going to feed them, bro? We're in the desert. Can't you see, man? That's Philip with the eyes open. Can't you see we're in the desert? Send them away, Jesus. To where? To the little villages. So they may find some food to eat. In the Arabic language, those little villages are called dhay'a. Dhay'a in Arabic comes from the word dhay'a. Dhay'a means being lost. A little village that is made out of five, six, seven, maximum eight homes is called nothing. Dhay'a. Lost. Why? Because it's so small, that village, you can't even see it under the microscope. If you put it on a map, there is nowhere to be seen. It's that tiny. The apostles are saying to Jesus, send them to the lost little villages. Jesus said, I've worked so hard to gather all this multitude to me. And after I gathered them, you so easily say, let them be lost. Why? Because it's a desert and we don't have food to feed all this multitude. Have you forgotten who is standing in the midst of you? You didn't even be the locusts. The locusts find food without a king. And yet you have the king of all kings with you. And you're saying we have no food. No faith. No faith. If you had said, Philip, Simon, Andrew, Nathanael, any one of you, in Jesus' mighty name, I feed the multitude, he would have done the miracle, not Jesus. And he would have got the credit. They looked at the king of kings, but they said, we have nobody to help us. How often in our life, we say, I don't have anyone to come to my rescue. I'm lost. I'm in the desert. I've been calling, crying out, but there is no one. I'm alone. Are you? The King of Kings is with you, and you're alone. God is with you, and you're saying, I don't have anybody. Where is your faith? What happened to it? Locusts are better than you. They don't have a king, and they know how to live, and you don't. Ants work for their kingdom. For your future, while you've got the chance, don't waste time. It is one of the most precious gifts from God called time. Don't waste it on silly things. Sitting on Snapchat and sitting on Facebook for hours on, did you know, I went to Westfield and I bought this and this. And I go to Westfield and I take a shot and I put it in that. It goes for 24 hours and then it disappears. Yeah, but what? Yabawat in Iraqi. Yabawat because I want to tell all the world I just bought a brand bag. Big deal. So what you bought a brand? 
So what you bought Versace and Chanel? So what you made your eyebrows with laser? Who cares? And you put the mascara, piscara, the foundation and the cracking and all the... Fi- what? So what? Look beautiful in the eyes of Jesus Christ. Don't waste time. If you can't get away with those Facebooks, send a Bible verse to your friend. Not, did you know he just dumped his girlfriend and he just got now another one? Shame on him. Really? I'm going to go and belch him one. What is this? No value. Send something that is constructive, not destructive. Send something that is of value, of essence, of purpose. Not just anything. Be wise like a locust. Depend. And save for your future. Jesus said, where I am, Father, I want them to be where I am. Save for that place. Where Jesus is, say, Lord, I want to be with you. In the end, be the end. Relying on the Holy Spirit, summer, heat. Ask the Holy Spirit to work in you, engulf you, and bring you to the Lord at the end. And then the, the rock badger, live a life of repentance. Say, sorry, Lord, for the sins that I've done. And the locusts say, Lord, I trust you. I rely on you. Even if I am in the midst of the wilderness of this world, but you are the king of kings, you will turn the desert into an oasis. That's my Jesus, all right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me to still waters. He, he, he lays me be, you know, in green pastures and leads me to still waters. You know why still waters? Because the sheep cannot drink from a running stream. He can only drink from water where it's still, not moving. The moment the water moves, the sheep can't drink. The horse can, the sheep can't. And since Jesus Christ is the good shepherd to the sheep, since he is God who created us, he knows what we can and cannot do. He knows how the sheep operates. He knows the sheep can't drink from a running stream. That's why he takes the sheep where the water is still stagnant. He knows what you're made of. He knows what you need and what you lack and what you can and what you cannot do. He knows everything more than you about you. Let him work. Trust him. Be like the locust. Trust the Lord. Say, you are my king. And no matter where I am, I have a place with you. And I have my food ready for me. Anywhere, anytime, all the time. The last one is the spider skillfully grasps what with its hands and it is in king's palaces. Well, this is words of wisdom. That's why it's kind of not straightforward. Wisdom is not an easy thing to understand. Spider skillfully grasps what with its hands and it is in king's palaces. What does that mean? Very briefly, only 10 hours to go and that's it. How will we finish it? When you go, when you walk into the king's palace, what do you see there? You see some great portraits worth millions. And you see a crown 
with some rubies and precious stones on it worth millions. The little tiny spider goes into the king's palace without being noticed. The little tiny spider walks on those precious portraits worth millions and walks on that ruby and on that precious stone, walking on it, creepy crawling on it, and what is it holding in its hands? The string of web that it creates. Spider skillfully. Why skillfully? Because it makes that web. What is that web made out of? String. How much is that string worth? Peanuts, bro. Spider. You're walking on a pearl worth two million bucks. Why don't you hold the pearl? Says, no, man. My portion is the string. God gave me the string to hold in my hands. The pearl is not mine. Wow. What do I learn from the spider? Be content with what God has given you. Be content with what God has given you. The spider is walking on a two million dollar pearl, but it's deciding to hold the string than the pearl. To some, that's foolishness. But to the spider, that's wisdom. Because the spider is saying, what God has given to be my portion is the string. The pearl is not mine. I'm happy with the strings. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the little house that we have. My friend is living in a mansion worth 20 million bucks. My house is not even 200,000 bucks. But the house you've given me is a mansion because it is not what the mansion is all about. It is with whom I'm sharing the mansion. That's what matters. You can be living in a 20 million mansion and you have no Christ. The mansion is hell. And you can live in hell with Christ. That hell is paradise. What God has given you, be content what God has given you, be content. Why we cause ourselves problem? Because we compare. How come this guy's got this? How come these people living in this kind of lifestyle? How come I'm not like them? How come I'm not that fortunate like those people? Well, be happy for those who are multimillionaires. Be happy for those who drive a Mercedes and a Lamborghini and a Ferrari. And be happy because you are going on a bicycle to work. Be happy. Be that spider. Hold on to what God has given you to be your portion. Don't ever look around because the day that you are not content, you are nothing but a great winger. I hate myself. I hate my life. I hate this world. I hate everything. My parents are a disappointment. They're good for nothing. If they were good, they would have let me be a rich man now. I would have inherited millions. They've done nothing for me, but they've ruined my life. And Be content. Contentment, it's a saying in Arabic. Contentment is a treasure that never ends. 
Contentment is a treasure that never ceases or ends. Be like a spider content. I'm walking on pearls, bro, but I'm holding on to the strings worth five cents. Yet the pearl is worth two million bucks. You know, you know why we go and do shortcuts in life? Because I want to get the pearl. I don't want the string anymore. I want to get the pearl. So we start taking shortcuts. What happened to us taking shortcuts? We get into trouble. Not only we don't get the pearl, we lose the strings as well. <laughs> if you were born with a big Assyrian nose, please don't go and do a plastic surgery. So that you look like Celine Dion or whatever, I don't know. Or Mariah Carey. I don't know why I keep on mentioning these names. <laughs> you are born with an Assyrian big nose. Gorgeous. Thank God for this big nose you, that doesn't allow you to even have a glass of water easily. Because it gets stuck in that glass of water. Thank God for it. Because maybe that big nose is giving you so much oxygen because you've got a big head, you need a lot of oxygen. You're going to start shrinking these nostrils. You'll be running out of breath before you get to the doctor. So keep the oxygen flowing, bro. And be that distinguished big nose Assyrian. So what? If God chose for me to have a big nose, I'm content, man. People go and start blowing their cheeks and their lips. You're like my daughters. <laughs> they look artificial. They don't look like... A, they are neither an alien nor a human anymore. I don't know what to make of that. And this, this procedure cost me $7,000. Please come to Marmari. Give me 7000 I have a lot of... Starving people in Iraq, in Syria, in Jordan, in Lebanon, in Turkey, in Greece, in Africa. I can make wonders with the seven grand brother that you just wasted on absolute nothing but breaking God's word. When God created you, you're beautiful. In his eyes, you're beautiful. Who are you trying to impress? Satan? People or God, Christ, who are you trying to impress? Because anything outside of Christ is nothing but vanity, emptiness, void, nonsense. I ironed my skin, stretched it. I was 80, now I look like 50. You're 80, bro. <laughs> you can stretch as much as you want. You're going to go down, bro. And the termites down there, they don't care if you've gone into all these procedures. And they say, oh, this person that just came down is very rich. They spend a million bucks on their bodies stretching and blowing and going and this. But the termites are going to say, come here, brother. And that big Assyrian nose went down, same thing. And this guy didn't spend a penny on his nose. Be content with what you have. And not only what you have, be content with who you are.
Very important. I'll tell you a true story. The Lord Jesus is so, is so beautiful, is so sensitive toward everyone, is so understanding, is so passionate, compassionate, is so beautiful that He dies for the moment for you and I to come into His presence and say, Jesus, I love you. He dies for that moment. He cannot wait for you to come to Him. He cannot wait. One day I was a deacon and we had this long prayer night. I didn't know I was lost for time. I didn't know what time it was. I have passed the three-day preaching period. I was, I was talking, talking, talking. We were praying for hours. I didn't look at the time. And then after the prayer finished, I was preaching, preaching, preaching. And then the words were flowing, 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 you know, like a river. And then in a blink of an eye, this head became a blank piece of sheet. Blank. I stopped suddenly after speaking so fluently. The people were sitting there. It was only a few people. They sort of, um, oops, they got startled. They said, oh, what happened? He was talking like there was no tomorrow. And all of a sudden he just stopped. And I stopped for about maybe 20, 30 seconds. And while I'm, I'm, I'm looking at them, but I'm trying to get a word here, steal one from there, nothing. The river went dry in a blink of an eye. And then after those seconds of, being, of pausing, the Lord Jesus, I'm standing in His church and I'm not making it up, but the only way I'm, I'm sharing this with you so that you understand how much Jesus cares about you. His, he spoke. And when he speaks, he's very clear. He'll make sure that you know it's his voice. He will make sure. He said, stop talking. I stopped you. Tell these people to go home. Don't you know what time it is? They are tired and they're hungry. Yeah, yeah, believe me. I thought it was my head playing up first. So I thought I'm going to double check it. You know, humans are weak. He said, yeah, it's me. I'm the Lord. I stopped you. I'm telling you, tell them right now, go home because they're tired and they're hungry. I look at the watch past midnight. They were there from early evening. Oops. Wow. Lord, are you this caring and loving? You die for the moment for us to come to you. Yet when we came to you, you are still considerate, thinking of our comfort, caring for our comfort, and telling them to go, yet you want them with you. Wow, you're amazing, Lord. You're amazing. Be content with what you are and what you have. Who you are and what you have. Be content. The more content you are, the more Jesus will bless you. The more humble you are, the more Jesus will make you wise. The more trust you have in Him, He will never abandon you. And the more you work for your future, the more He's going to work through you and in you. Humility is the key to success.
You want to be successful spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally? Humble yourself before Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, I'm working for you. I don't want to work for myself anymore. Help me to be that person. Amen. Let's stand for the finale prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying that we are born again to eternal life. Amen. May the Lord Jesus bless you, guide you and protect you, now and at all times and forevermore. Amen and Amen.